The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. The holiday shopping season is here, so it's time for Bubble Genius's Can't Catch Me Gingerbread Man Soap. It's a big-ass soap sculpture shaped like a gingerbread man that you can enjoy without it going right to your thighs. Unless, of course, you're washing your thighs. Scented with a yumalicious gingerbread fragrance, all the decorations are soap, too. And at almost five ounces, it should last you a good long time. Only $7 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll save 15% off your entire holiday order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. And God bless the United States. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Coming this Christmas to the Fox News Channel store. Declare a war on the war on Christmas by shopping early and buying your kids what's sure to be the most popular conservative toy this year. From News Corp and the giggling couch tumors at Fox & Friends, it's the Deucey in the box. That's right, kids. It's Fox & Friends host Steve Deucey in a box. The Deucey in the Box comes with a series of pre-recorded Deucey-isms, as heard on Fox and Friends. You don't want free college tuition, because college is horrible. When the terrorists killed a general in Afghanistan, it was Obama's fault. <laughs> there just aren't enough male heroes in children's movies. <laughs> Sarah Palin, Alaskans might shoot you in the face until you're dead. Awesome. Sex education teaches you about transsexuals and stuff that's gross. Yeah. It's that Deucey in the Box from News Corp and Fox and Friends. Order early by going to the Fox News Channel store and enter the promo code COUCHTUMERS. Barack Obama wants to kill babies with abortion pills. <laughs> yeah. Order now. Bob no child wants to play with a Charlie in the box. The Bob Seska Show. And God bless the United States. God damn it! I just want to make it abundantly clear that everything the Deucey in the box says in that bit is quoted from Steve Ducey. I didn't write it, I, I swear to God. Wrong. <laughs> that was all Ducey. I'm not making that up. It is uh, Thursday, September 7, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and we're brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Buy all of your gifts through BubbleGenius.com if you're looking for soap. Uh... Lots to talk about today. It's the Trump Crisis Day 322. Uh, it's been 68 days since Republicans allowed the CHIP program to expire, leaving 8.9 million kids without health care. the moral values party, isn't it? <laughs> Life begins at conception and ends at birth. All right, without any further ado, let's just do this, huh? Yeah! 
Let's bring him in. David Ferguson is here today. Dave. Oh, hi. Hi. Hello. 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 Uh, how are you? Hello. Hi. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say uh, forgot to say hi to Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hello, Bob. Hello. Okay. Lots to talk about today, David. Of course, uh, everyone knows uh, David T-Rex from uh, RawStory.com and the lead singer of Compromat. And God bless United Church. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, we have a show tonight. You have a show tonight. Where is the show and what time does it start and what is the cover? Uh, it's the world-famous 40-Watt Club in Athens, Georgia. Okay. Uh, cover is $10. It's a benefit. Hurricane Katrina. I mean, not Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane <laughs> Katrina was a long well, time ago. You could always do that because there's still disaster left over. Yeah. 2005. You know, um, <laughs> it's a benefit for Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. Oh, that's great. Um, after Maria. And uh, we're playing with my, my brother's band is headlining 5-8. Once again, that one indie record collecting guy in your audience just went, yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, right. We have a 30-minute set that we've been working on mm. that we're going to bang out hard and fast. Um, we actually have been having so many gigs that we have not been having time to write new stuff. So this is going to be our last show of 2017. Oh, my so God. go into the woodshed and crank out some new songs. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. By the way, you know, I, I, I keep forgetting to mention this. I, I have a concert date to mention myself. Uh-huh. Coming oh, yeah? up this weekend, yeah. I'll be appearing at the final Sexy Liberal Resistance Tour show this weekend in San Francisco at the Herps Theater. That's 8 p.m. followed by a VIP meet and greet called 415-392-4400 for tickets. I think there are still a couple of tickets left. I think VIP meet and greet is sold out. Sorry. I may or may not be wearing pants. That's what I've just been... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. What that are even you means. doing stand up? I guess if you're doing no, not doing... what's happening is it's, uh, of course, we all know the sexy liberal resistance tour that Stephanie Miller, uh, John Fugel sang, the Frangela right. duo. Nancy Pelosi is going to be there. The next speaker of the house, the past and future speaker of the house, is going to be there too, sitting on the panel. And I, I'll be standing up there with uh, Stephanie Miller show producer Yanira Johnson opening the show. We're just going to come out, we're going to make some announcements and make fun of Trump probably for a couple of minutes. And then, and then bring out the real comedians. <laughs> then we'll go ah, sit down and uh, and uh, do whatever. Have copious amounts of uh, liquor uh, for the holidays. So lots of uh, lots of Trump stuff to talk about today. Uh, unfortunately, Trump. By the way, this just in. Trump referred to the attack on Pearl Harbor on this day in 1941 as oh, no. quote unquote a pretty wild scene. That's what he said about. Uh, Okay, Studio 54 was a pretty wild scene. I know. Oh, my God. God bless Donald Trump, huh? And God bless the United States. <laughs> All right. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of that, we're going to get to that in just a, a couple of minutes uh, because we're going to need to have some fun after we talk about uh, poor old Al Franken. Um, mm. uh, where Where do we begin with that, David? Uh, you know, I, let me just say this. I... I have been a huge fan of Al Franken uh, and supporter of Al Franken for many, many years. I think he's been a phenomenal senator. I mean, I've just just recently been praising his book, and Lord only knows what's going to happen to his book now. It's titled Giant of the Senate. That probably makes it pretty uh, unsellable now. Or, you know what? Strangely enough, we're, in, we're living in counterintuitive times. He could end up selling even more books now because of, because of all of this that's happened. But he has resigned uh, officially uh, this morning from the Senate. It's heartbreaking. It's like yeah. every time we start to get a decent, you know, pugilistic, like stand up for our values, progressive figure, and they turn out to have like these, like Anthony Weiner did this, and um, mm-hmm. 
Paul Hackett never like molested or sexually abused anybody, but he turned out to be kind of unstable, I think. And that was, you know, the guy from, do you remember Paul Hackett from Ohio? Um, just very vaguely. I, I, you know, the- oh, he was such a great, he was so good on TV. He's like a Democratic candidate. I think he was running maybe for, I don't know, but I can't remember. But he would get on TV and the Republican that he'd be arguing with would start like running down, trickle down economics or whatever. And he'd, be, mm-hmm. he'd just go, talking point, talking point. <laughs> um, it was great. Yeah. I wish, you know, I wish I could remember, but all of the Russian names from the Russian attack, the Trump-Russia investigation, have pushed all other information out of my head. So I oh. don't, I sadly don't remember the name Paul Hackett. But, you know, this is a, this is a situation where, you know, I mean, say what you will about Al Frank pre-allegations, but this, I think he did the right thing. I think the Democratic Party did the right thing. I think, though, there is one big asterisk here, which is the ultimate irony in all of this, that Al Franken is resigning. John Conyers is probably, I don't know if he is officially resigned yet, but he's yeah, he on did. A, he stepped down. He's, he stepped down. Okay, so uh, Conyers is down. Uh, Al Franken is down. What about Roy Moore? What about, I mean, I hate to be the what about. I literally said what about. I, I'm employing a what aboutism, but this is this one really actually sticks. Yeah, just the fact that there is a thing called what aboutism does not mean that the truth no longer exists. Right. It's, Thank you. It's really, I mean, there's a huge, but this is like, this, our, this is a weird, uncomfortable place that our culture is going right now where mm. we're getting to where we have to adjudicate degrees of harm yeah. from sexual abuse and harassment. And that's the big deal. That's it's, it's about degrees, and that's why I'm bringing up Donald Trump and Roy Moore, whose offenses along these lines are infinitesimally Our worse. Legion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, far worse than anything that Al Franken has been up to. I, you know, John Conyers may be a different story, but, you know, I don't think anything compares to what Donald Trump has admitted to. And we go back to the, the irony thing. This is, uh, this is just a brief clip of Al Franken's resignation speech on the floor of the Senate this morning in which he actually called out Donald Trump and said there, is, there mm-hmm. is some irony in the fact that he's resigning and Donald Trump is still sitting there in the Oval Office uh, with his teeth falling out, apparently, after having uh, you know, sexually assaulted countless women, including perhaps some underage girls along the way at least if you believe the stories about what happened at, behind the scenes at Miss Teen USA this is a guy who has been an ongoing sexual predator probably still doing it I mean because he feels like he can get away with anything but nevertheless here's Al Franken this morning on the floor of the Senate I of all people am aware that there is some irony in the fact that I am leaving while a man who has bragged on tape about his history of sexual assault sits in the Oval Office, and a man who has repeatedly preyed on young girls campaigns for the Senate with the the full support of his party. But this decision is not about me. It's about the people of Minnesota. It's become clear that I can't both pursue the Ethics Committee process and at the same time remain an effective senator for them. Al Franken, uh, this morning on the floor of the Senate. But, you know, the one, I mean, the, the one constituency that got no say in this is the voters of Minnesota. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, this has all been decided behind closed doors and out he goes. And I understand what the Democrats are doing. I understand that, you know, this is part of this is positioning for next year mm-hmm. so that we can turn around or they can turn around and say the GOP is the party of 
you know, sexual assaulters and child molesters. Yeah. Um, but it just well, the, the Al Franken amazing- was a genuine force for progressive values in our government. I, I, I'm not like part of it. Like, I feel like hurt in a way. Like I'm angry at him. Yeah. But yep, on exactly. the other hand, there's also the possibility that this is like an incredibly elaborate, orchestrated political hit. Um, it seems but like I it can't. seems like there might be. Uh, I mean, I, I've always thought uh, that there may be Russians behind this or something along those lines. But you know what? I know Tina Dupuy, who, who wrote the the piece in the Atlantic the other day. I know Tina through the Stephanie Miller show, in fact. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think Tina's lying about w- what happened with Al Franken. So, but I do think that this. This seems so horrendously unfair and lopsided, given the fact that that Donald Trump is still sitting there. That Donald Trump has that Donald Trump actually confessed on video, and yet still became president of the United States after a half-hearted apology later on, where he did indeed admit to saying all those things, um, and 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 in fact apologized. Well, they got elected anyway, and actually did pretty well with uh, with the white women vote in uh, in the election last year. So that doesn't sit well. That sits like a big lump in our stomachs right now, and that's completely understandable. It really does. Um, but I mean, when it when it comes to Al Franken, you got to wonder whether or not he's sitting there going, you know what, this is so tremendously unfair. But you know, at the same time, I can't help but to go back to my reaction that I had in the wake of if not the first Anthony Weiner allegations, the second set of Anthony Weiner allegations, or maybe it was the third set of Anthony Weiner allegations, where I'm just going, what is wrong with his judgment? Why is someone who was otherwise politically quite savvy and a smart guy, if you had ever seen him on MSNBC uh, prior to the scandals, Anthony Weiner was a, a solid member of Congress. Uh, Al Franken, obviously a stellar member of the United States Senate, but there's obviously a glitch in his uh, in his judgment. And I think along those lines, we can't we can't pick and choose which politicians we condemn and which ones we exonerate based on political expedience. And so therefore, I think um, Al Franken has to be treated uh, commensurate with the actual uh, misdeeds, but but also. Uh, held responsible you know so i think i think what has transpired is okay and then i also think that i don't believe and this may not be a very popular position but i'm not sitting here blaming the democratic party i cannot impugn the democratic party for this decision for the members of the uh, mm-hmm. the democratic mm-hmm. caucus in the united states senate to call for him to step down i can't blame them this is al franken's fault and no one else's fault that he has had to Resign, and I, I think the Democrats did the right thing in calling for his resignation. Um, you know, and, and they did. They came out in a degree of solidarity. I think rising up above the chaos that we see on the Republican side, uh, and I think that's to be admired. Um, and and the other thing that I have to bring up here, which is the political fallout from all of this, I don't think we can overlook that particular aspect of the story, which means that. Now, because of Al Franken and Al Franken's resignation, instead of just defending 25 Senate seats, which was already going to be a huge undertaking for the midterm election, 33 Senate seats up for grabs next year, 25 of those seats are Democratic seats, blue seats. Now it's going to be not 25, it's going to be 26, because what's happening Mm -hmm. next is 
the governor of Minnesota will appoint most likely another Democrat to take over to placehold in Al Franken's seat. And then uh, during the midterm election next fall, there will be an election to uh, to to uh, give us the next senator from Minnesota, the official next senator from Minnesota, which means, right. again, that's the 26th seat. That means more effort has to be put out by the DNC, more effort has to be put forth by the DSCC, which is the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, uh, more effort and money has to be spent by donors, by individual donors like you and like us in support of this additional candidate, money that could have gone to other tighter races, whether on the Senate side or on the House side. So there is all kinds of political fallout from this. This was not a decision that the Democrats made because it was a politically safe one unlike right. unlike the republicans and roy moore which it's completely politically safe to 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 stand up for roy moore because they lose nothing by standing up for roy moore other than the family values moral values party high ground which is something that they have uh that they've been but they never so- they'll still they'll still have that like they never let that go i mean you know <laughs> it's amazing though overwhelming isn't it? evidence to the contrary yeah I mean, and this is a problem with democratic messaging. I think is that they, you know that we nobody's vicious enough. They need to hold things up and be like, "This is not family values. These are not safe for children. This is not okay." But yeah, I uh, you know, th- and this is one of the, my main problems with the whole like you know the Democratic Party in general is that they are just like so too do you- soft. Yeah. So, do you think they should have called for uh, Franken to resign, or do you think they should have just they should have just basically pulled what the Republicans are doing, which is to to just ride it out until people forget about it and start moving on to other stories? I think that's what the Republican gambit is at this point. Do you think the Democrats should have uh, should have gone no. forward with this whole thing? And no, I, but I think that I think that, that that was the right thing to do. But I think that yep. in terms of the returning fire, in terms of messaging, they should be a lot more. Just direct. I mean, what would what harm would it have been, uh, Dave, for Al Franken to not give us this sort of tear-soaked condemnation of Trump, but to on his way out to basically light the match and throw it and, and and burn the bridge down behind him and say, you know what, fuck you, Mr. President. You've been sitting there in the Oval Office after assaulting uh, upwards of what twenty different women that we've heard 20 about who have come forward, who have come yeah. forward exactly. Plus, we're, we've got uh, all kinds of audio of you on the Stern Show talking about how you walk in intentionally in order to. Per- out on uh, Miss Universe pageant women as they're uh, undressing and and doing the same potentially with Miss Teen USA uh, contestants, which are who are as young as 14 years old. You mean mm-hmm. to tell me that I'm resigning at the behest of my party and yet you are still sitting there in that goddamn Oval Office stinking up the place, ruining the country, creating all kinds of damage on, on just these gender equality issues just on these sexual assault uh problems that we've been having in this country for for too many damn years and and i just wish he had said that i wish he had i wish someone in the democratic party would make a speech right damn now today condemning this rat bastard and letting mitch mcconnell know that if roy moore is in fact seated if he wins and is seated that they that the Democrats, if you think that the Democrats were obstructionist before, 
<laughs> you know, just wait right. till what happens next. We're going to be going down. We're going to be doing a deep dive into parliamentary procedure, and we're going to figure out some shit that you haven't even heard of yet. And we're going <laughs> to we're going to do that. I'm, you know, I, I, this is what I would like to see. I would like to see a more ruthless uh, democratic machine and yet yeah. like uh, uh, it's ruthless toward us is the problem <laughs> it's like the democrats are perfectly ruthless yeah. toward leftists you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's yeah. what they, they always do that they always uh, honestly i'm really discouraged today just with the whole thing uh, the whole d- d- the double standard the fact that a good you know like a good fighter for progressive values has ended up having feet of clay and is having to you know it's just yeah yeah, and the and meanwhile, you know, the the other side is just like dig in, deny, tell everyone in the, that you're being framed, and it it works for them. I mean, you know, you know the in addition to that, you know, whatever gives Donald Trump Jr. ammunition to tweet. That's mm. another thing that pisses me off because what this has done is is given people like uh like greasy weaselly Don Jr. Something to uh, to laugh about and do a little jig about in his Twitter feed, which he has, of course, done. He was quoting Stuart Smiley this morning on his Twitter feed. Yeah, like, his dad raped his mom, okay? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's exactly That's, right. I mean, before we go into the moral high ground, I mean, Ivana Trump said in her divorce deposition that he multiply, multiple times Donald Trump sexually assaulted her. Yep, and not the first time we've heard about something like that. I mean, let's get real about what Donald Trump has done. Donald Trump has sexually molested Countless women. I mean, we obviously, as we said before, there are many, many women who we haven't heard from yet on the Donald Trump front. But I mean, basically, what Donald Trump was doing is walking up to women and grabbing them by the vagina, like grabbing their crotches and touching them sexually. Uh In one case, he he reached up under someone's skirt. skirt. Like the, uh, I think it was either like season two or season three of Mad Men where Don Draper does something like this uh, to uh, one of his female clients. I forget uh, who exactly, what exactly her name was. But uh, in the lobby of a restaurant, do you remember Don Draper Mm -hmm. takes this woman aside, throws her up against a little credenza there or something, reaches up her skirt and presumably violates her with his hand. And and that's what I and it was one of the most shocking scenes I've ever seen on television, and mm-hmm. and that's what Donald Trump does. That's what your president has done and been accused of, and every story is the same. All the details are the same. This is Bill Cosby sameness, you know, where every accuser of Bill Cosby is telling the same story, adding veracity and integrity to those stories, and that's the same that we've been hearing with Donald Trump's accusers. So. There it is. That's what that's what Donald Trump does. And he admits it. He talks about it on the Access Hollywood tape. Now, I'm going to play some of this Access Hollywood tape because I really want to I really, 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 really want to underscore. But you, you know, we're going to like I mean, this is like spinning your wheels in a snowbank to try to catch out the Republicans <laughs> on hypocrisy. Well, I know. I mean, it's never going to work. We, I mean, we know that there's a difference. We know that it's a lie. We know we know we know. And yet, like. We're ne- the problem is we're not reaching the people who need to be convinced. But oh, play the ba- play Access Hollywood. I, well, no, I, I, I mean I, I, I understand what you're talking. <laughs> you know what? Again, it's there. There are 25 percent. There's 25 percent of the American voting population who are fucking crazy. Who we, we will never communicate with. We will never convince. They will never be moved. They are cult followers in the cult of orange dictator. That's what they, and they, they will not move. But however, 
I think the ten, the additional ten percent, making the difference from twenty five percent to thirty five percent, which is where about where his approval rating is. I think those numbers are soft. I think that ten percent can be convinced. I think that ten percent can easily walk away. I think a good percentage of that that ten percent is is soft because of the economy. I think if the economy starts uh, spiraling backwards a little bit. I think Donald Trump's going to lose all of, a lot of that support too. But nevertheless, so this is all this is all meant to convince the people who can still be convinced and who might not have heard the uncensored Access Hollywood tape. This is without the bleeps that you hear on MSNBC. They they I wish they would stop censoring the tape because censoring right. it takes away some of the some of its horribleness. Yeah, some of the a lot of the impact of it because it's really it's really horrendous. This is uh, this is the famous Access Hollywood tape right here. I moved on her, actually. You know, she was down in Palm Beach. I moved on her, and I failed. I'll admit it. Whoa. I did try and fuck her. She was married. <laughs> huge news there. No, no, Nancy. Yeah. No, this was marriages. And I moved on her very heavily. In fact, I took her out furniture shopping. She wanted to get some furniture. I said, I'll show you where they have some nice furniture. <laughs> I took her out furniture. I moved on her like a bitch. But I couldn't get there. And she was married. And all of a sudden, I see her. She's now got the big phony tits and everything. She's totally changed her look. She's your girl's hot as shit in the purple. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. See, now they're seeing, uh, what's her name, Ariana? They're seeing her standing in the parking lot, that, and they're commenting mm-hmm. on her breasts and on the color of her dress and so forth. So I'm going to b- backpedal here a second. Totally changed her look. She's your girl's hot as shit in the purple. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. Yes, the Donald has scored. Yes, the Donald has scored. Oh, my man. Wait, wait, you got to look at me when you get out of your life. That is very You give me the thumbs up. You are a piece. You got to put the thumbs up. You got to get the thumbs up. Can't be too happy. Yeah, let me. It's very funny. You got to give me the thumbs up. Uh, you and I will walk in. Oh, my God. Maybe it's a different one. Better not be the publicist. No, it's, it's her. It's yeah, that's her. With the gold. I've got to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. Ah. You know, I'm automatically attracted to people. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. Look oh, at those legs. All I can see is the legs. No, it looks good. He's referring to this woman as it. It. It looks good, he said. Ugh. It's like Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. It, it puts the lotion on it, uses the it as a dehumanizing pronoun. That's one of the least offensive parts of it, actually. So it goes, you know, it goes on and on, and and you can see, and obviously in the visual that you can't see on a on a podcast is that when they finally meet this uh, this daytime drama star, I believe that's that's who she was. Uh, he is Donald Trump is leering at her. You follow his beady little uh, space Ugh. alien eyes uh, shifting up and down from her breasts to her face and back down to her breasts. It is the creepiest, skeeviest thing. I, I think I've ever seen, you know, outside of maybe a porn video. But that's that, our president. That's our president. That's the guy. And he was and he was elected despite that. Well, by Russia. Yeah, by Russia. <laughs> Thank you very much. I mean, even KT McFarlane in that email was like, well, now that Russia's handed in the election, it's like <laughs> Yeah, god damn it. God damn it. They they just they're, 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 they're,
It keeps happening over and over where it's like John Oliver, like, we got him. We got him. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like he, on Saturday, he put out that tweet saying he knew that Mike Flynn lied to the FBI. Right. And everyone's like, holy shit, did he just cop to wait? Did he just admit? And it's like, well, it's like when Saturday Night Live had less, did the Lester Holt interview. Yeah. Where he was like, wait, I, we got him, right? We don't have to do anything else. <laughs> Interview's over. Like, what yeah. do you, because no, nothing means anything anymore? Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then they, but the, the, to me, the whole the, the the Saturday tweet thing, and then trying to blame it on John Dowd, right? Ah, it's so it's just so brain bogglingly stupid. Yes, we we are in it. We're in a David. We're in a post contradiction world. We're in a post hypocrisy world. Nothing that anyone has said before, and I'm when I say anyone, I mean anyone in Trump's circle. It doesn't matter what you've said before. It doesn't want, matter what you're going to say next. Everything is about what you say right now. And any, I mean, everything else is irrelevant. So, you know, D- Donald Trump can say into a video camera, point blank, I said these things and I apologize. And then a year later, we can read about the fact that Donald Trump said that uh, he's been going around saying that it's not even his voice on the tape at all. It's, it's John Dowd's. <laughs> That's right. It's really John <laughs> Dowd's voice. Holy shit. I think we might have a story here. Uh, but, you know, that solved. Good Lord, that wouldn't surprise me. And now, um, I don't know if you caught this. Harold Ford Jr. has been fired for sexual misconduct. Harold, yeah, wah, wah. Harold Ford Jr. Uh, we know him uh, as a uh, as a former Democratic senatorial candidate in uh, I want to say it was two thousand eight or two thousand six or something like that. Ended up losing, but of course the Republican Party wheeled out the Southern strategy against Harold Ford Jr. Despite that, Harold Ford Jr. is one of the biggest ass kissers of the Republican Party of any Ugh. Democrat around. Uh, but nevertheless, at least one woman who was not a Morgan Stanley employee, but interacted with Ford in a professional capacity, was interviewed by uh, Morgan Stanley's HR department as part of an investigation. In two interviews, uh, the women alleged that Ford engaged in harassment, intimidation, and forcibly grabbed her one evening in Manhattan, leading her to seek aid from a building security guard. The incident took place several years ago, and Ford and the woman were supposed to be meeting for professional reasons. Ford continued to contact her after the encounter until she wrote an email asking him to cease contact. Um, You know, I I feel like as a white middle-aged man, (laughs) I feel like I need to enter every room and say, I mean you no harm. I come in in peace. (laughs) Because it's good Actually, what you should really do, especially if you're alone with them, Bob, is just take off all your clothes to show them you're not armed. Well, I, I don't know if that, that would be a horrible, horrible <laughs> uh, Sorry, that was tasteless. That, um, I mean, it would be, no, I mean, your, your heart's in the right place. I just don't think it, it would be taken the way it, it's meant to be taken. You never know. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. What is happening in the world? Um, what is happening to the president of the United States insofar as, I think he may have had some sort of transient ischemic episode yesterday talking about uh, Jerusalem. I want to talk about all of that and go through the tape and figure out what the hell happened with Donald Trump's mouth yesterday and whether or not we should be concerned. But before we do that. But first. But first. 
I got to talk about my favorite steaks in the world. Not only are Omaha steaks my favorite steaks, but I love to give Omaha steaks at the holidays. I mean, for a number of reasons, one of which is how convenient is it for your friends and family to have an entire family gift pack of Omaha steaks, plus all kinds of extras in there, too. When guests suddenly pop in for the holidays, oh, God, there are eight people at my door. What am I going to feed them? Well, we've got the solution right here. The good news, the holidays are coming. The bad news, gift giving is tough. What's a great gift when you're stuck? It's Omaha Steaks. Your gifts will arrive just in the right time, just for the right price, with no hassle and no trips to the mall. And right now, because you listen to my show, you can get the family gift back at a savings of 75% for just $49.99. Here's all you get. Jeez. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, two boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, four potatoes au gratin, which are my absolute favorite thing in the world, four caramel apple tartlets, and a packet of Omaha steak seasoning. And again, because you listen to this show, you get a four get four extra kielbasa sausages for free. And if you're like me, you love free sausage. But but get this. <laughs> Or if you're David Ferguson, you love free sausage. Uh, at the amazing price of $49.99, you get this 75% discount. You have to use my code. Just type B-O-B-C. That's the code, B-O-B-C, in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. I've had Omaha Steaks meals many times and loved them. Uh, and I've gotten compliments on my grill skills, too, thanks to Omaha Steaks. They have an extensive menu, including premium-aged beef, pork, lamb, poultry, and seafood. But Omaha Steaks also has sauces and seasonings, appetizers, soups. <laughs> As John Lithgow says in those commercials, soups. I love soups. <laughs> Veggies, pasta, and desserts, all made with the highest quality ingredients and 100% guaranteed. And they have over 500 other gourmet gift ideas. Right now, the family gift pack is just $49.99. If you enter the code BOBC in the search bar at omahasteaks.com, Give the best gifts ever with steaks and more from Omaha Steaks. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back to our Thursday show. The great T-Rex, David Ferguson, is here today. We're no strangers to love. (laughs) You know the rules, and so do I. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of, I actually do a really good Rick Astley. The lead singer of Compromat right here in studio with us today. Huh? Okay, uh, you guys should absolutely do. You know, I, I, don't you love it when you're in a band and people come up to you and, and give you suggestions as to what songs you should play? I, I think you should Sometimes do. Sometimes uh, people have really good ideas, though. I think things should, I've never heard of. You could work up a compromat version of uh, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. I think that's a great idea. See? My bass player is in an 80s, 90s cover band, and I <laughs> joke that they should just let me come in and we should Rick roll the frat party they played last weekend and just play Never Gonna Give You Up over and over and over. <laughs> I love and it. God bless yeah. the United States. God bless the United States. Where, uh, My Rick Astley's good by Morrissey's better. <laughs> uh, yeah, Morrissey. You're still a big fan of Morrissey, huh? He's uh No, not a fan anymore. Okay. That's, that's one of those things. This is this is actually Morrissey lives as a cautionary tale to me as a lead singer. Like you've right. gotta have a band around to keep you 
like right size to keep your head from swelling. He's <laughs> yeah. like, ever since Johnny Marr took off, his work has just gotten more and more boring and disconnected, and he's saying progressively more horrible things. If I went to a, a Smith's or a Morrissey concert now, I would take earplugs just in case he talked. Between <laughs> <songs>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he got himself in, his, in some trouble recently. Didn't he wish like death on uh, on the president or something like that? Uh, uh, he said something to the sad. effect of someone should Maybe kill- that's kind of he got that right. I can't remember what the other thing he said was it was so offensive there. He, he's got kind of British views on race, which can be problematic. Yeah. Some people don't <laughs> think so. You know, and I, I want to be perfectly clear before we play this next tape, which is that I don't wish death on President Trump. There are a lot of things that I would wish upon President Trump. Death is is probably not one of them. But I will say... No, I want him to live and be humiliated. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I want. I want... This is my wish. This is my holiday wish. Uh, not only do I want all the children of the world to gather together and sing in harmony and in peace, but I also want Donald Trump to be like the colonel at the end of Boogie Nights in, in prison being beaten up by his cellmate and just crying and <laughs> bleeding on the floor of his uh, prison cell. Nothing more. That's what I want, Sam. Santa, please, please deliver that. Please, Santa, please. And don't tell me I'll shoot my eye out or anything like that. Okay. So, but, but when, I, when I watched Trump yesterday delivering his remarks about recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, which is a whole other can of worms, which we can, uh, we can talk about here in a second. But when I What's was, the Jewish word for chutzpah? <laughs> right. Um, when I saw this, this video yesterday... It was obvious, and it was obvious before the last 90 seconds. There were moments when he started slurring words, and when it really got bad toward the end of his remarks, there was one little voice in the back of my head going, please let it be a stroke. Please let it be a stroke. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, my the sensible side of my brain went out. I said, I'm not going to wish a stroke on Donald Trump. If it was like Bell's palsy, it'd be great. No, I mean, that, I that'd be fine. Conscious. Fully conscious, conscious, oriented, and aware. (laughs) Wrong. But in case you missed it, I don't know how you did, but in case you missed it, Donald Trump has an issue. And and we're not exactly sure what it is. I have some theories. I think a lot of other people have theories. I know you have some theories, David, too. And Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, this was just so strange. He was delivering these comments on Jerusalem. And at the very end, he's... (laughs) Like he, like he started, he was talking about, well, I mean, obviously we have the... And God bless yeah, this. the United States. United States. It was weirder, but the, even before that, like about 30 seconds before that, it just started to... It was like his lower jaw was just doing its own way out thing. Yeah. 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 Let's listen, listen to the whole, that whole yeah. last bit. Here's the last 44 seconds of his uh, remarks yesterday. So today... Let us rededicate ourselves. It was right. Did you hear that too? It's like <laughs> to a path of mutual understanding and respect. Let us rethink old assumptions and open our hearts and minds to possible and possibilities. See now there. First of all, it's like this on the S's, but he's also. It's not just the S's as if. Something's wrong with his teeth. It's also just his overall enunciation. 
I mean, one thing you can say about Donald Trump, and he's got that that big animated mouth of his, where he's over, his mouth is like overly articulated when he's saying words, and you know, right. he he makes like it'd be really easy for someone to animate Donald Trump because he gives you all the basic mouth positions right there in real life. You just duplicate those. It'd but, be like that creepy fifties animation though, where only the mouth moves on the face. Yeah, Do you remember like, those, like Johnny Spacely or something, where it was like the weird mouth would just kind of pulse, yeah. Yeah, Warner Brothers brought that back for Superman in the Justice League movie, apparently. That technology where they just superimpose the mouth. Horrible, horrible, horrible in that movie. Nevertheless, that's what it was like. Donald Trump's mouth was not moving correctly, too. Like, he wasn't he wasn't enunciating and and gesticulating with his mouth the way he normally does. And it and it gets even worse. And finally, I asked the leaders of the region. Political and religious. What was that? It's like he sounds like Buddy Hackett. Oh, political and religious. Like it was bizarre. just. Yeah, that's not right. Israeli and Palestinian, Jewish and Christian and Muslim to join us in the noble quest for lasting peace. That was all just a, a train wreck right there. That entire section. There was. And the sniffing. There's something wrong. And the sniffing. There's something really wrong. Really, like, really wrong. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. God bless you. God bless Israel. God bless the Palestinians. And God bless the United States. Thank you very much. Okay, Thank let you. it keep playing. Wait. That's There's it. that weird cough at the end. Did you see that bit? Oh, yeah. He coughed. Like a, and then he was like, like really like making a determined. Like, let's get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that yeah. was it. It was just like, uh, he, he looks back at Mike Pence. He's looking around. He looks like really confused and suddenly it's like oh, let's get over there and sign the executive <laughs> order now and get the hell out of here and then then he's scrambling out of the room or out of the room right there as i said my first reaction possible like a like a i think they call it a, a transient ischemic attack which is a mini stroke where he's briefly debilitated now i will say a close relative of mine has uh you know has had several no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say specifically, but has had several mini strokes. I I don't remember whether or not he was, and it was a he. I, I don't remember whether or not he was slurring his words like that, but he did. There were obvious symptoms of a mini stroke that affected his his uh, motor skills and his ability to uh, communicate for a very brief period of time, like what happened to Donald Trump yesterday. However. On further examination, and of course, I'm looking at this thing all day yesterday. Like the God, I, I was watching it forty times. Like the, it was like God the, loved the cameraman who zoomed in, who picked out some of this. Yeah, because I was looking at it like the Zapruder footage yesterday, just looking at it frame by frame and going, "Are his teeth slipping out?" I mean, and then I was trying See, to. Figure, I, I don't think that's anything more than the sound of a slipping lower plate. I think that, like, I think you know, I read the, th- I posted a thing at Raw Story yesterday. Although I should mention now that I'm here not as a representative of Raw Story, that the views expressed herein do not express those of the editorial board or policies of Raw Story. I'm strictly here in my policy as a symbiotic organism. Um. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, so you think it's you, and you actually consulted with uh, a dental expert. Well, I went who- and looked. At it. There, was a den- a guy, there was a dentist who was writing on his blog about how Trump's teeth don't look natural. And this is from like months ago. And he was saying that he pointed to a Daily Beast article by a guy named, oh, God, um, Scotty was his last name. I can't remember his first name right now. 
Mm. He went to a dentist on the Upper East Side in New York City, and the guy was kind of known for his fancy cosmetic dentistry. And he told the writer that he's Donald Trump's dentist and that Donald Trump comes in every six months and is like not happy about the state of his veneers. He wants wider veneers. And the dentist is like, that's not going to look natural. But he says, okay. And he makes a veneer that's about a quarter as white as Trump asked for and gives it to him and he goes home happy. But veneers are supposed to last 10 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. And if he's getting his veneers taken off and replaced every six months, every time they do that, it's taking away original tooth matter. So his like actual teeth could be just completely destroyed. And so he's wearing dentures yeah. to hide that. Yeah. But if you're that rich, why don't you just get implants? Like they can give you just like completely bolted in, fabulous set of permanent teeth. Right. Yes. What's the deal? Like dentures seem really out of uh out of the norm for someone who is as vain as donald trump i mean mm -hmm. a guy who goes through that uh, amount of effort to cover up his bald spot by making his hair look like a fucking disaster to cover up his bald spot why would that person also get the least reliable dental replacements in on the market today. Like dentures seem, especially knowing that he's delivering countless hours of, of public speaking, you know, where his teeth could potentially fall out. And, and as you were saying, I, you know, I, looking at the footage yesterday, uh, later in the day, it looked like maybe not his bottom teeth, but his, his top dentures possibly falling out because that would explain the weird L's, like when he says political yeah. instead of political, he says blah, and that, it's uh, it that would be because the the L sound is an upper palate sound, isn't it, and an upper teeth sound. So that may be. But let's think about what we know about him. Okay, I mean, he basically has the mind of an eight year old. <laughs> yeah, and what do eight year olds hate more than anything? The doctor. The doctor, right? And my guess that the whole avoiding health exams and all of that is probably some weird germaphobe scared of the doctor's office thing. And maybe he just doesn't want – he wants dentures because that's like less scary than having oral surgery or something. I don't know. Right. Well, the but, bias might be coming in here when it comes to something that's non-dental. The bias may be occurring, and I'm, I'm fully willing to admit this. Based on that story that came out from Corey Lewandowski that this guy eats – Two Big Macs and two fillet of fish and all, all but not the bread. Did you see that this morning? But not like, the bread. Not yeah. the bread. That's the important part. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's right. He's thanks not... for the health advice, Corey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but even still, I mean, we're talking about in one sitting. Uh, maybe you take away Tartar the bread sauce. and you, you say Thousand but... Island dressing, cheese, like yeah, but not yeah. Not the... But how does he eat it then without the bread? Is he? I mean, I, I'm hoping this is. That he's not just like picking it apart with his fingers and shoving it into his mouth, but that wouldn't surprise me. I think what he does is like the the brundle fly, you know, the way the brundle fly does. The brundle fly. What's a brundle? The brundle oh, fly is it, uh, it spits out digestive juices and yes, partially it, digest it, and then like sucks it up through a proboscis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's how Donald Trump does it. He vomits onto his food and then sucks it up through his proboscis. <laughs> He's like, okay. Uh, okay, ladies. I got all, it was, there was he, an accident with a replicator and a house fly. He's got, he's got Republican leadership over for dinner, and it's dessert time, and out comes the uh, two scoops of ice cream for Donald Trump. He says, okay, I've got the, the most tremendous two scoops of ice cream here. I will enjoy my two scoops of ice cream first, and then all of you can have your one scoop of ice cream. Okay, here we go. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you need kind of a science fiction machine sound for the pro boxes. Coming out <laughs> like, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've got anything that would work. No, that's a fart sound. Oh, that doesn't work no. uh, either. Shut no, the hell up. That's that's Keith Olbermann. That doesn't work. I don't have I don't have a suck. Wow. Why don't I have a sucking sound? I need to get a sucking sound in my <laughs> tape library for just this purpose. Okay, yeah, but so so do, there's something wrong with Donald Trump. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a new April Levine album soon if you need a new specially <laughs> sucky sucking sound. Nicely done. Um, uh, anytime, anytime. Yeah, I think, well, we're going to give you one of these. <laughs> okay. I just, I, you know, I mean, if we're, just a brief pop culture detour that mm-hmm. like Avril Levine ended up like married however briefly to the lead singer of Nickelback. So the two most loathsome musicians in the world <laughs> somehow like met, fell in love and briefly were ugh, anyway. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. So I guess, you know what? But, okay. But while we're sitting here talking about Donald Trump's mouth, we, anyway, you go ahead. But like, <laughs> Well, I, I guess, you know what? Let's take a quick break and come back and uh, continue this conversation right after these words. Right. On. You can't always get a clean. You can feel good about inside and out. Unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Seska. The Bob Seska Show. And God bless the United Church. <laughs> Sing along at home right now. So here is Merry Christmas. Everybody's having fun. China. Okay, welcome back. Uh, it's our fun Thursday show with uh, David Ferguson from Raw Story and Athens' own Compromat. Okay, uh, what else? What else is going on? Um, yeah, the verdict is still out. The White House said that it was just dry mouth. I mean, or dry. they said it was a dry throat. Throat. Yeah. Which doesn't explain why he couldn't talk like with his lips and the tongues and the teeth thing. But yeah. Hey. You know what? Speaking of compromise, someone came up with a great suggestion for what that might have been, uh, causing Donald Trump's mouth issues yesterday. Uh, yes. Putin's balls. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. Okay, fine. 
All right. Yeah, I, I saw that Putin decided yesterday to run for re-election, and I was like, in 2012? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, in 2012. I mean, 2020? 2020, right. 2020, yeah. Like, is he coming here? Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so I mean, what, why not? Let's make it official. So what do you think about, just completely taking a right-hand turn on all of this, what do you think about Jerusalem being recognized as the capital of Israel? Is there anything there to really discuss other than the fact that this is going to be years and years of blowback in, for, in the form of terrorist this a, attacks. This is a terrible, 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 terrible decision. Yeah. And it's, he's got, it's a decision that, and even if it was something that we would consider doing, it's something that you use as a, like a negotiation technique. You didn't yes. hand it to them out front. Like you just gave the whole incentive away. I, they, this whole thing about Trump being a great deal maker, like everything else about him is a lie. Mm -hmm. He's a terrible negotiator. He handed um, Chuck and Nancy, you know, what they just. Yeah. <laughs> and see, that was the, the, like, the funniest thing in the world is I was hearing yesterday from Trump supporters that. Uh, that, that it was Chuck Schumer who who influenced Donald Trump to make this decision, which is, of course, absolute horseshit. There's no way Donald Trump's not listening to Chuck Schumer. This is this is the MAGA hats all going around trying to lay this on everyone except for Donald Trump as being a colossal. And you nailed it, David. This is not this is not just a bad decision in terms of blowback. This is a bad negotiating skill. And this guy is supposed to be the greatest negotiator, the art of the... I'm the very most tremendous negotiator. There's no greater negotiator. I'm going to renegotiate everything. And in the process, I'm just going to give away everything. And that's what that's what he did. He could have said, hey, you know but, what? I mean, if, uh, you read the, the articles and stuff, the research about his various projects that he considers these great deals, you know, and he was paying like way above market price for construction materials and, you know, ended up declaring bankruptcy. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Yes, because he is, he's such a great businessman. He's the most none of this is None of it's ever been true. Right, right. So, so, I mean, along those lines of how stupid, 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 stupid. Again, I go back to my ongoing thesis, which is that the Trumps are not human. The Trumps are space aliens who are here on Earth trying desperately to duplicate human behavior, but not quite getting it right. And That's just rich people. Dude. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. A lot Thank of rich you. people, you're just people grow up with all that money, and you're just like, okay, here on Earth, when this happens, we do this. You know, it's yeah, just, it's yep. like a weird empathy-free bubble. These people have been raised in, like, and and you know, Don Jr. is possibly worse than his dad when it comes to yeah. just doing stupid things. And again, I always, I have to always plug the President Show and Anthony Tamanik's. Uh, 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 Trump impression and everything. The way that that show handles Don Jr. is so fucking hilarious. Basically, the character of Don Jr. on the President Show essentially just admits and confesses to everything. I mean, just everything he just says out loud. He's got no internal sensor, and he just blurts whatever truth is rattling around in his head, which is, on one hand, refreshing, and on the other hand, you go, Whoa! How can he do this? And what he did yesterday... In the House and inside the House Intelligence Committee uh, uh, hearing yesterday, it was behind closed doors. Adam Schiff reported that Donald Trump Jr. would not ask or answer a question or any questions about talking to his father on the day that the Veselnitskaya meeting news broke. So right. they were He's throwing hope picks under the bus. Exactly right. So. 
instead of, and that was today's development. That is, he said it was Hope Hicks today. Well, no, he he did. He told the committee that he spoke with Hope Hicks, but he would not answer questions about what he and his dad spoke about after the reports of that meeting uh, broke in the news by claiming, this is so goddamn dumb, he was claiming attorney-client privilege. Because his attorney was in the room. Yeah, but that has... That's like me saying, I didn't eat this whole box of cookies by myself. (laughs) The cat was in the room. (laughs) That's right. It was the the shadow people that Steve Bannon brought along with all that meth usage that he's engaged in. But, you know, it was was just so confounding that he was citing attorney-client privilege in a a scenario that didn't involve any attorneys. That it just involved conversations between him and his dad, him and his crazy goddamn dad. And so that was baffling. And my first thought was, not only is that a weird excuse, but it could be that he was trying to think of executive privilege and he just, (laughs) he couldn't come up with the phrase executive privilege. So he said, attorney client client privilege. And then from there, I was thinking that he went into this whole, you know, like when someone pretends to know more than they know about the law, it's like, oh, here's what he did. So here's what it's all about. Okay, it's the right. attorney-client privilege, see, and heretofore, and therefore they hate my, <laughs> my habeas crispus, says that I ain't supposed to- Under the to- Napoleonic Code. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, right. And, and so he was just bullshitting- I think that theory, I, I, I think that is a very plausible theory <laughs> that he could not, that when he meant to say, what he meant to say was executive privilege and out came attorney-client privilege. <laughs> I will honor that I theory. Mean, Do you want to hear my theory? Okay. I personally believe that this tax bill is never meant to pass. You know what? I have the exact same theory, and I'm not making that up. This is all kabuki. This is all so they can go back to Kansas and be like, well, I tried to pass that bill. <laughs> yeah. But dang old Susan Collins wouldn't let me. You know, it's like they've, you know, and Susan Collins will get plaudits in Maine for doing, you know, and it's just a, because you know, people have been scoring it, and the CB, the budget, people are looking over it going, this doesn't make any sense at all. It like it doesn't connect. It's like a total Potemkin bill. Yeah, it's got like they could say it does whatever they wanted to say because it doesn't actually do anything and it's not actually meant to pass. It's just meant to give them political cover. Which on the one hand, it's like oh good, you know we're not going to actually get this economy wrecking, multi trillion dollar deficit producing insurance eliminating monster bill. But on the other hand. This is time that our government could be spending actually doing something. Right. Like helping Puerto Rico or yeah, it's just mm. it's baffling. And and you know what? I, I, I'm I cannot tell you how relieved I am to hear you put forth that theory because I swear to God, you, you can call Kimberly Johnson in from the other room and she will verify that I have been going around for the last couple of weeks saying you know what I think? This is I, all theater. Yeah, I think the Republicans are deliberately flummoxing the Trump agenda by getting so close and then failing at the last minute. They can at least say, well, you know, we tried, but the Democrats obstructed. What are you going to do? And and But this is intentional, is the theory, that what they are- It's trying, all theatrics for the folks back home. Exactly. And, and also for the folk sitting in uh, the Oval Office. I think 
So much of what we see coming from the Republican side out of Washington, D.C. is theatrics for the benefit of the screeching toddler sitting behind the resolute desk inside the Oval Office. Uh, we obviously know that his staff does theater for his his edification. Right. We know that his lawyers are doing the same thing, like a little child who's sitting in the back seat saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? They're like, we're oh, almost there. And they jingle there. some shiny keys. <laughs> And he gurgles with pleasure, and his yeah. eyes roll back in his head, and he starts to, yeah, right. And like he's like, "Oh, goody, it's going to be over by Christmas. The Russia thing's going to go away by Christmas." Oh, goody, goody, gun drops. Fantastic news. And of course, what they're doing is they're just giving him a line of bullshit. And then we all look at it and we say, "What a horrible legal defense." Well, it's not a legal defense. What it is is it's it's pacifying the little baby cartoon dictator in the White House, and that's and all. Buying it is. time. They're yeah. all about buying time. We'll have a plan for you in the next couple of weeks. We'll see what happens. You know, it's all. But I think they're working. It really on- is like it's like president didn't read the book for the book report. Yes, you know, it's like this whole administration is just a bunch of people who are trying to fake it in front of the class. Where they're you know they're looking at the picture on the cover of the book and making up stuff from the back. You know, it's just. I think what they're I think what they're seriously trying to do is to thwart the Trump agenda without actually thwarting it. I mean, we we're looking at the other night like, oh shit, this this tax bill is going to pass any second now. They're See, just going to. It hit me when it. I was actually in Puerto Rico on our honeymoon, and I actually had a work shift at Ross Story, and it was mm-hmm. the night of the health care vote, the skinny repeal. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and um. And I just, I don't know, when, when McCain did his big dramatic, like, Roman Emperor thumbs down thing, uh, and I was just like, this is all a play. Yeah. They do not have any intention of taking away people's health care and passing this bill. They just want to be able to say they tried. And then they're doing the same thing with the tax bill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the I'm problem s- is that, like, you know, the, but the tax bill also, like, Trump, I think, is also kind of quietly scuttling the tax bill from his end because the minute the tax bill goes away, they're gonna the Republicans will turn on him. Right. That's like the only reason they're still hanging out is because they think they might get their millionaire tax cut. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I just I, I think they don't want Trump's agenda to go through so they can distance themselves from Donald Trump next year, uh in time for the midterm. And we are stuck here in limbo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally. That, I, that's got to be it. I mean, I, you know, I, and the more I think about it, the more I believe that that is a plausible explanation. I mean, how else can you go through? And, you know, as you were saying with the, the health care bill, that was like the second of three times that that exact same scenario occurred. You know, first we had the first one uh, involved Donald Trump and the Republicans just pulling the bill. Like we're going to that's mm-hmm. where that's where I get this Rachel Maddow clip. Hello, Bob. Where Donald Trump called Bob Costa, Robert Costa from Was- the Washington Post and said, uh, hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. We're pulling the bill. <laughs> and that's where Rachel Maddow said, hello, Bob. Right. And that's I've, I've stolen that. So all uh, this time I thought she was talking to you. <laughs> No, I'm not nearly important enough. She talked about me once, I think, in 20, yeah, 2000, 2009, I think it was. But mm-hmm. that was that was just about it. I, you know, but the, the my fav- that is sort of like being touched by God. <laughs> you know, my way. my favorite thing in the world this week, though, is Rachel Maddow pronouncing deliberately pronouncing Handel's blot in a in a funny Handel's blot Handel's blot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I tweeted that that night because she was doing the story that that originated from Handel's blot. Uh, in Germany, and and that night I t- I tweeted my my new favorite thing in the world is Rachel Maddow pronouncing Handel's Blot, and I tagged her, and then the actual Handel's Blot publications Twitter account 
tweeted back to me. He said, yes, oh, nice. it's, it's our favorite thing in the world, too. But here's how you really pronounce it. <laughs> and so <laughs> nice they, they provided a link yeah, to an audio file of a, uh, of a character saying Handel's blot. While we're talking about pronunciations, <laughs> okay. I have a confession to make. Okay. Until I started listening to your podcast, I went around for years correcting people and telling them that your last name was pronounced Cheska. Cheska. You know what? Yeah, and we've never. I don't and think so when people come up to you and emphatically say your name wrong, they may have gotten it from me, and I apologize. You know what? It's not wrong. Uh, and I'll tell you this. I, 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 I've never talked about this on the show, the pronunciation of my last name. The legitimate Italian pronunciation right. of my last C-E, name. It's Che. Exactly right. It's Cheska. In fact, that was, you know, when my grandparents... This is though, from my classical music announcing, you know, I was like, no, it's C-E. It's, a, it's Italian. It's Cheska. <laughs> yeah, well, what happened was, like, you know, it was just an Ellis Island thing where when my grandparents came through immigrating to the United States, my dad's parents, uh, they came to the United States and they, they wanted to assimilate. So they never taught my dad Italian in their household, but even though they both sp- spoke fluent Italian, obviously. But what they also wanted to do was make it easier for people to spell the last name. And so they went with Seska instead of Cheska. And that was in kind of an Ellis Island change. But my my dad's brother and his family all still say Cheska. Cheska. And so it's ah. one of those things where if someone says Cheska, I never correct them because that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's optional. I say Seska. If you want to say Cheska, that's fine with me because that comes from the old country. And, well, it uh, made me feel like the whoever put the sticker on the first Shaw Day records that came over from England <laughs> still had the British stickers, and they said pronounced S H A R dash D A Y, which Shardé. the British person reads Shaw Day. Oh. And like I heard her in an interview, and she's like, "I don't know why Americans always put an R in my name." And I'm like, "Oh, I do, <laughs> I do." <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I remember Letterman saying Shaw Day. Yeah. It was on the sticker. Yeah, Chardonnay. That's interesting. All right, so uh, lots to talk about still uh, coming up for the postmortem show, which is next at our Patreon page. Um, story having to do with the Southern California wildfires. I want to talk about this. This has to do with the tax bill. You know what I haven't talked about at all? What's that? The fact that I'm starting my own podcast. Oh shit! Yes, plug that. Start that. Start talking about that right now. Go, go. Okay. Um. T-Rex going to be doing a podcast called the T-Rex Report. It's going to be a 30-minute show with an opening monologue and an interview. Awesome. Uh, and as soon as I learn how to work the software, I'll get the first episode to you. <laughs> I've put on my Jedi. It may be a minute. I've, I've put on my Jedi Master robes, and I am willing and ready to uh, pass along to you all of my defective and dysfunctional information about putting together a podcast. Does that make you Qui-Gon, the <laughs> Liam Neeson character? Yes, call me Qui-Gon. That's exactly right. Um... You, too, can do a podcast, and you, too, can have all of your uh, hardware glued together with uh, duct tape and wires, spaghetti, of like a big spaghetti of wires behind you. That, that's how I do my show, and it's flawless, isn't it? And, uh, never any technical hey. problems here. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing your show, and uh, where will people be able to find it once it's, once it's all set to go? Watch this space. Watch this space. Actually, just go to my Twitter account, at T-Rex-T-C, at T-R-E-X-S-T-A-S-Y. I'll post everything there. There you go. And, of course, I will be uh, retweeting that and promoting that uh, a lot because... Hopefully, I want to have the first one out by Christmas. So we'll see. Cross your fingers. Oh, that's soon. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Remember, by the way, too, 
uh, as I've been uh, piggybacking all of my plugs on the backs of, uh, of T-Rex's plugs. Again, I'm going to be appearing at the Sexy Liberal Resistance uh, Tour show in San Francisco this weekend. Herps Theater, 8 p.m., followed by a VIP meet and greet. Call 415-392-4400 for tickets. 415-392-4400. And Nancy Pelosi is going to be there, too. I'll try not to make an ass of myself in, in front of the next Speaker of the House. All right, post-mortem show coming up next to our Patreon page. And also, make sure to use our Amazon link for all of your shopping. Yeah. It's back. It's back, and that's all I have to say about that, because I don't want to get in trouble again. <laughs> See you on the Postmortem Show, folks. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. And God bless the United States.